Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Check out The Projection Booth, Wednesdays on iTunes and ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Plenty fucking time, sweetheart. Alrighty. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? 115 of these motherfuckers. God damn. Yeah. That's a nice number. We're cursing right off the bat. It's going to be that kind of show. Chris? I'm Aaron. I am Rich. Oh, He's back. shit. Back. Yep. Like a bad penny, I always turn up. Thank you for listening, liking, and sharing Unregimented on Facebook and following Unregimented on Twitter at Unregimented Pod. If you like Unregimented, please tell a friend to visit ChristopherMedia.net. You can subscribe to Unregimented on iTunes for free just by clicking through the iTunes banner at ChristopherMedia.net. You can also show your support for Unregimented when you buy something on iTunes just by clicking through the iTunes banner at ChristopherMedia.net. It won't cost you anything extra, and it shows your support for Unregimented. While you're on iTunes, please remember to write a review and rate unregimented five stars just click on the itunes banner at christophermedia.net android users can listen to unregimented for free at christophermedia.net by clicking on the stitcher radio player on our homepage. you can also listen to unregimented for free at tunein.com or by downloading their free TuneIn radio app don't forget you can always listen to unregimented for free across any platform just by going to christophermedia.net make sure to check out all of the podcasts on christophermedia.net mondays and fridays you have unregimented Reach us at Unregimented Pod on Twitter. Tuesdays and Fridays, you have the Weedsman Podcast. Find those guys at the Weedsman 420 on Twitter. Wednesday, you have the Projection Booth, projection-booth.com, or at Pro Boothcast on Twitter. Saturday, you have the Captain's Table at Captain's Podcast on Twitter. You can also check out one of our new shows. Well, new to us. It's the Ugly Club Podcast. It's another movie podcast, but these guys go with more of a theme each week rather than just one movie. You can check them out at Ugly Club Podcast on Twitter or UglyClubPodcast.com. If you like Unregimented and want to show your support for Unregimented, you can donate to Christopher Media by clicking through the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click through the Amazon banner at ChristopherMedia.net and bookmark the link. It won't cost you anything extra, and when you buy something, you will show your support for Unregimented. If you're looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. That's who we use to host Unregimented. When you sign up for HostGator by clicking through the banner at ChristopherMedia.net, you are helping to support Unregimented. Yeah, no caffeine, no chocolate. (laughs) What? Yeah, Yeah, dude, because fucking... I, I, I forgot to tell you guys this this isn't that important I, I I really don't care if this makes the podcast or not but uh when I when I uh, talked to a different cardiologist and the one that I'd been going to he was like yeah he has you on nothing for your afib I'm like what do you mean what about this medication on he's like these are both blood pressure medications which is good because your blood pressure is under control however uh the afib in and of itself won't kill you it'll feel like a heart attack and when and if you eventually do have a heart attack you won't know the difference between it you'll think you're an afib and then you're just gonna fall out like oh well that's a cheery thought and he's like but the main problem is we're worried that when you're an afib you could throw a blood clot and he has you on no types of blood thinners or anything and caffeine chocolate which is saturated with caffeine (laughs) all that good shit um yeah all that you know brings on AFib, which in turn gives me a high chance at a blood clot. So, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll stay away from it. You know, oh, and he he, <laughs> he was a cool cardiologist. He was actually younger than me, so it was weird listening to him. But he was like, You're calling so, him Doc and Junior at the same time? <laughs> more like dude. You know, I was like, so anyways, straight, dude. 
Yeah, you have three straight kid. Am I gonna live? <laughs> I know, right? Sounding like fucking, uh, what is that? Grand Torino. Sound like Clint Eastwood, like when he goes to the doctor. I just want to make sure my life insurance is good. Hey, Doogie Hauser, cut the lingo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I might use that one, Aaron. So thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, Doogie, uh, what's up? Uh, but yeah, he's like, so I see by your uh, your history that you filled out, you're being either very braggadocious about what you did with your your drug use or you're being very honest or you're a pathological liar i'm like no i'm not lying why would i lie about the drugs i i'd lie about the drugs that i took and by saying i didn't take them not right. i did you know i'm not gonna exaggerate my drug use to a doctor and uh he's like well guess what all these these are in your past unless you want a really high risk for a heart attack. And he just named almost everything I loved. Like, no more, no more ecstasy. Rainbows, cats. <laughs> no ecstasy. Sunday no, mornings. <laughs> no acid, no DMT. I'm like, so what about shrooms? He's like, shrooms are all right. It might, might raise your heart rate a little bit, but not like, he's like. The doctor said I could do shrooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And to be fair, won't DMT kill a healthy person? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. But yeah, he's like, he's like, and this Molly shit, he's like, you definitely have to stay away from that. And he goes, and yeah. goes you really need to stay away from anybody claiming to have ecstasy, because nowadays with Molly around, it's mostly just uh, just methamphetamine. Yep. It's speed. And I'm like, yeah. oh, Christ. Yeah, yeah I've yeah, done enough not- ecstasy to know that I've done just about anything out there by proxy. Yeah, exactly. It's been mixed up in my shit. So, you know, Why I is asked- this ecstasy pill brown? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't I slept for three days but I, I you know i asked him i was like so and this is before uh rich and budweiser's bogus journey started um you know this is when i was like you know still like okay so and i'm like what about drinking he's like well if you drink like you say you drink that's just not good for you period i'm like okay he's like but drinking in and of itself won't bring it on he goes but in the amounts that you're drinking you're putting a lot of stress on your heart especially with your sleep apnea and not having a breathing machine i'm like mm-hmm. oh and he's like and it, he goes look what happens if you're dead asleep and you, you you stop breathing and you don't you're passed out you're right. blackout passed out drunk and you can't roll over and get that next breath yeah i'm like yeah doc you're really making me feel good here he's like i'm just giving you the heads up that's here's real the, he's like here's the facts and i'm like what about weed and he's like stick with indica i'm like my caucasian thank you <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's yeah, why he's so. got the MD. Makes decisions. <laughs> yeah, right. Indica and mushrooms, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> Cocaine and Molly, thumbs down. Yeah, he was. I was like, so what, what about mescaline? He's like, if you can find it. And I'm like, wow. Don't make me sound old. I'm just. What happens if I run into an old timer who's like, I got a bunch of mescaline? He's like, I wouldn't. <laughs> if you can find it. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm looking. But, uh, yeah, so in, unless I'm, like, diagnosed. What about it, Yahweh? If you run into Bill Cosby <laughs> and he gives you a Quaalude, will you be okay, Rich? Can I, yes, that's, can we, I, said, can I do I, Yahweh? I said ludes, and he's like, what, what are you, what are you the, the asshole from Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street? Those were his exact words. I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, <laughs> the cerebral palsy phase did look kind of fun. I mean, in a controlled environment, at least. <laughs> but uh, That won't be offensive to anyone. <laughs> well, have you seen the movie? No, I haven't. 
Oh well, no, no, that's because he he's describing. You got to remember, he's a you know fucking stockbroker asshole. I don't remember shit. I haven't seen it. Oh, well, no, no, you have to remember this. It's a true story, and it's based on like the guy's what do you call it? Right, uh, autobiography or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's he just he's like Gordon Gecko for real. So he don't care about offending anyone, and he's describing the different stages of lewds, and he's like, you know, you have the 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 giggles, and then the stumbling phase, and then if you got really good shit, you go on full on you know CP. Like you can't control anything about your your mind is working fine, but you can't control anything about oh. you know your motor skills or that anything like horrible. that. That's horrible. I want the opposite. <laughs> I like drugs that I can do and nobody knows. <laughs> but yeah, except so. you. That's right. All right. So shall sometimes we... not even me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. Right. I'm carrying on a normal conversation halfway through. I go. That's right. I'm really high. You're so high. You forgot you were high. Yeah. That's really fucking high, man. That it really is. I mean, I've been there, but fuck, it's been a long time since so I've been yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you call smoking yourself sober. So anyways, I guess I need to explain this uh Rich, where have you been? Month long sabbatical I took. Where have you been? Was it that was it Hawaii? So <laughs> no. Tahiti? Did you go hang out Howie, with Tupac? baby? Did you go hang out with Tupac in Tahiti? <laughs> no. Oh. No, but it's funny. A lot of people I was in there with, they claimed Tupac was alive. So, oh, <laughs> you know, uh, real quick aside, I was offended by that joke and then realized that not everybody's a Mar- as much of a Marvel fan as I am. Tahiti is where they also said they sent Coulson on vacation when he was actually dead and they uh, had to like splice his body with alien technology to bring him back to life and then plant memories and that it, so he doesn't remember any of it. And it yeah. was. A- it was a vacation of Tahiti that they yeah. uh, implanted into his memory. I will take your this word for it, man. This is even too nerdy for me because I don't even watch that show. I know what show you're talking I about. Nerds right? and I will retire to the yeah Agents of Shield. Sorry. Um, no. Uh, so, but not Tahiti. No, not Tahiti. No. Uh, it was a wonderful place that uh, Artie Lang, Chris Farley, and a bunch of other celebrities have been to. Not the exact same one, but it's a mythical place called Rehab. So yeah, uh, was getting a little. Getting a little crazy with the cheese whiz, drinking way heavier than I needed, even more than usual for me. And uh, mm-hmm. and you got to say, looking out for your health. And yes, that too. Um, uh, didn't necessarily have a health scare, but like I, like I was, we, we were discussing with the cardiologist. I, uh, I I switched cardiologist to one who was like, okay, here's the deal, blah blah blah. We need to do this, this, and this, and this, and I'll do whatever I can to keep you alive. But if you're not going to try yourself, it's really just pissing into the wind. So mm-hmm. do what you do it. Do what you feel. But you know, just giving you the heads up. I'm like, okay, cool, all right, appreciate it. Thanks, Dickie. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I made the decision, you know, and uh, uh, checked myself in, and uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting 28 uh, day adventure. That's for sure. Um, all the names have not been changed, so fuck the innocent. But you know. <laughs> Uh, and anyone who is a fan of this podcast and has listened to older ones know how I feel about certain uh, addiction or addiction and recovery special therapist, whatever the fuck. I don't know what his title yeah. is. Um, so you didn't meet Doctor Drew? No, 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 no. But but uh, where I was has its own version of. Uh, he's way more profane, and uh, it's almost like me in another twenty years. And his name's Tim, and uh, he's he's got gray hair like Doctor Drew. Is he Doctor Tim? Or just no, regular he's not Tim. Doctor. He's just regular old Tim. Um, but uh, Rich, are, you, are you clicking a pen, or is it your mouse? Oh no, no, yeah, I I had a pen that 
I was writing something down and no, something like reason, tick 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 tick. Yeah, that was me. That oh, was okay, me. okay. I'm sorry. For whatever reason, I was clicking it and it wasn't retracting. So yeah. I was like, okay. this okay. pen is pissing me off. I sorry. need to do a, a fourth. Yeah, I need to do a fourth step about it. I have I have you know anger towards this pen. Um, but yeah, went in and uh, right off right off rip. Let's get this out of the way. I went in with two gentlemen who uh, uh, one completed the program, one one left the program to go get high. Um, and one thing you, if if you don't know anything about rehab, no one shows up sober for rehab, even though they expect. Wait, they to. left that day. It was like, oh no, this isn't for me. Oh no 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 no. The the, the one who just left, didn't make it through. Yeah, the one who left, John, uh, who left. He uh, yeah, his his story is kind of epic because it was it it, it it happened about two weeks in. Um, the gentleman who stayed because I'm horrible with names, so I just gave everybody nicknames. And this this was there an older you. dude who came in, and I nicknamed him Skeeter because he looked like Skeeter from the Muppets. <laughs> So and it's it's about a six to ten hour process to go through uh, intake, um, depending on how busy they are, and they were really busy this day. And uh, so you know we're and trying to picture what a human version of Skeeter would look like, and I'm scared actually. It's kind of like a cross between Kid Rock's dad and uh, <laughs> Willie Nelson. <laughs> All right, moving on. Wow. <laughs> but uh, he does paint a picture, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. So we're you know we're sitting and we're you know we're smoking. We're like, okay, you know, have you been here before? And I'm like, well, I was here once. And uh, they're like, you know, these are veterans of the wars. I mean, these guys have been like, you know, they're talking about places I've never heard of. And like some of them have been ones out of state and everything. I'm like, whoa, okay. So you guys like, is every tenth one free? You know, I mean, Jesus, you got frequent flyer miles here. And uh, Skeeter's like, hey, you know, I, I know this from when I was here before. They're gonna wand you when you come in. They're gonna search your stuff, but they don't strip search you. I got two packs of heroin and two rigs taped to the small of my back, so I'm ready to go. And I'm like, oh, well, you came to party. All right, cool. Uh, yeah. So good luck with that. And we get in. And, you know, first day, first three days, they, they, they put you through what they call detox. They give you, I was in for alcohol, so they gave me uh, Librium and uh, Phenobarbital, which is an anticonvulsant in case you're going through the DTs and you, you fall out with some seizures, which I did not do. Um, wasn't that bad. It was more of a preemptive strike on my end, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because um, I know how bad it can get. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're talking Artie Lang bad. I didn't want it to get to that point. And, um, yeah, so I'm in and, you know, I'm bullshitting with you know the guys and all of a sudden hey uh what's the emt doing here and why is skeeter in a fucking on a on a on a gurney well they also gave him librium and a couple other things and skeeter decided that he was going to slam both packs of heroin and they turned out to be almost fucking 100 pure so he overdosed oh man yeah and uh i mean two packs at once like uh, oh no two packs two packs over a day and a half oh okay okay yeah still that's a lot yeah um and so you know they took him to the hospital they stabilized and they brought him back i was shocked i was like he overdosed in rehab and you're letting him back that's just okay uh you guys you guys really don't want to give up on people um but yeah, he came back and he was out of it for the next like three days. Like he, he after he was completely detoxed, he was like, I don't, I lost like three days. I'm like, yeah, we know. Cause you followed everybody around going, give me back my lighter. And we would just point to someone else and go, he's got it. So he was just bouncing around from person to person in a 45 bed facility looking for lighter that he never gave anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, and rehab is kind of like jail. It's really boring. You really look forward to mealtime, even though the food is like mm-hmm. shitty. So hey, you, you got to take your entertainment wherever you can get it. Could, so he could was, I ask? a favor real quick rich yeah what's up could you paint the scene for us a little bit like is this like a hospital looking like sterile white environment type of rehab or um imagine more like kind of uh cozy no 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 this place this place 
<laughs> this place, no. Um, you had carpet in your room. You're going into a rehab. Okay, first of all, it's a 45-bed facility, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. women and men. Uh, it It's kind of like... It's kind of like, I guess, like a like a minimum security prison like type okay. look. It's cinder blocks and, and boy, it's exactly what I was picturing. Yeah, um, it's very much built to get the job done and not built for comfort. Yeah, it's not like Brighton or Kid Rock or not Kid Rock, but uh, Eminem went where it's like thirty thousand for thirty days. Did you stay got- in Litchfield, Rich? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did see a lot of lesbians in there. Um, it used to be actually, it used to be a. Uh, uh, nursing home and years ago it was taken over and turned into a rehab so that that gives you an idea lots, lots of bars like at some point they decided that it was too depressing to be a nursing home first question that pops they had to, to make mind it into a rehab center for me to ask you i don't know why would this uh-huh. freak you out first thing that i think of this would be a nursing home how many fucking people died up in there oh yeah yeah you, you have you have that like if you believe in supernatural shit like how many souls are roaming around this bitch yeah you got you got people that that uh claim to have seen stuff and felt stuff and a few of the staff are more of the um you know oh i believe in the supernatural and some of these places haunted and i'm like well i'm gonna tell you what i didn't built it on indian burial ground yeah i'm like i'm pissed because i wanted that dan Aykroyd from ghostbusters experience i wanted to go (laughs) no right and i didn't even get a fucking tug job from one let alone like them going ooh, i was taking a shit or anything i'm more scared of that clown when it was inanimate than i am of ghosts yeah pretty much yeah that clown from polter with the long oh, arms of gangster under the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that so thing was it's, freaky just sitting there. It's 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 like that, and it's a it's a very much a uh, um, people with no insurance or Medicaid. So you get um, pretty much the working poor, uh, poor. You have a lot of homeless people um, or, or, or people who have be- recently become homeless uh, and have been on the street and they decided to come in. Um, and so it's, I mean, to, you know, set the picture for you. You got a lot of people have done time. A lot of people, you have people in there that uh, one, one guy, Jay, uh, he was part of our little crew of 12 that got named the Legion of Doom. Um <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I was like, whatever. I'm not Lex Luthor. That's all I know. I got hair, so fuck you. Um, but yeah, he uh, he actually got caught moving weight. I'm talking like, a, like I think five or six keys of Molly across um, state lines. And so he had a federal bid that he was doing. So he was in there. How did know he get- crossed state lines with it? Because of where he lived, he was going. I don't want to. State. I don't want to get uh, too never, details. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, don't even go down that road. Forget I asked. I don't want to give too many details of his story away, but I mean, yeah, I'm gonna stop he, asking for details because it's unfair. He, uh, let's just put it this way: he sold to an undercover officer because one of his Sorry. one of the people that he was working with got popped and rolled on. So he sold to an undercover DEA agent, and he was out of state, and he came from Michigan with it to when he sold it to him. Um, so it was, and also it was, a, it was, it was enough weight to where it was a federal offense, and so he was trying to get some time shaved off. Um, so you know he was in rehab. So I mean, you have a bunch of stories. I mean, we had a we had a, a one lady who was like in her late fifties who was a binge drinker. Like she's like, I don't drink every day. I drink like once every three or four months, but when I do, it lasts for three days. And I drink I drink up my entire like whatever. I guess her husband was older and died, so she got his social security and some of his retirement. And she drink up it all up in three days. I'm like, God damn, like that's some drinking. Yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, like <laughs> I almost want to party with you, Grandma. Yeah, I know, right? Grandma, and, and show me how to drink like you. I can't remember her name, but she she looked and sounded like the rapping granny from uh, Wedding Singer. So that's what I called her, rapping granny. Uh, we had a nurse in there who was a, uh, 
uh, she worked in the prenatal ICU, and she was in there for crack. So I called her Nurse Jackie. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you can see, like, you know, we had a dude from Nebraska who had moved here because his wife and her family were from here. And it's a big biscuit, cornbread-eating motherfucker, like 6'4", 280, does, like, MMA, but he's the nicest guy you'd ever, like want to meet you'd never know he did mma until you saw the videos of him so of course he was big country but yeah so i mean you know you just it, it, is, it is a nice eclectic mix of people you know and then you hey, but uh did you did you watch all of nurse jackie did you see see the final season no no okay. i i just i've i've seen a couple episodes here and there so but uh yeah so you know long story short went in there and you know you go through the detox and when you're detoxing you pretty much can do what you want you can go to your room when you want all this you don't have to go and participate because they understand that you know they have people coming off of some heavy shit in there uh me being me i was like well fuck this i've i've went through the dts on my own trying to quit before so fuck it i'm going to group and shit and uh walked right in and and just laid it out i was like look here's the deal this 12 step shit yeah it, it really has never worked for me and this god shit you can stow that right now like that just that ain't gonna Are they work pushing it oh yeah oh yeah it's, it's a very 12 step heavy program however yeah but they could I, okay but religion is built into the 12 steps but well, they can, it, as, it is it's possible to like not lean on the God side of it. And then the, I imagine there's others that they uh, use that heavily. Well, I mean, if you read the 12 steps, it's kind of like the Ten Commandments. You know, they go, it's a good way to live your life. Really keep the Sabbath holy. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Have no other gods before the true, the one true God. Well, you just How, is that a good way to live your life? Ones. Yeah, those yeah. are useless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's pretty much like the 12 steps, you know, you know, step two, come to believe in a power higher than ourselves. Okay. Step three is turned our lives and our will over to God as we understand him. And certain 12-step programs who have been around for longer than other ones, mm-hmm. I'm not going to use any names, but you can probably figure out who started what, you know, which one was there first. They, they really pushed the whole, you know, my higher power, who I call my lord and savior jesus christ and i'm like yeah okay that's nice you know so i just told him that shit ain't gonna work for me um i don't know what to tell you i'm not here to offend anyone but i i tried this once before and i wasn't honest with myself and i wasn't honest with other people i gave the whole god you know higher power thing a try and i was told fake it till you make it but then at the same time you tell me to get honest so i'm being honest and if i offend anyone i don't mean to but uh Trust me, if I want to offend you, you'll know. You won't have to ask if I was trying. And everyone was like, right <laughs> off the rip, we're like, oh, shit, we got a wild one on our hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Because I, st- I went in there and I was like, okay, so I understand we have the 12 steps and the 12 traditions, and that's nice. Um, are we going to learn anything about smart recovery, rational recovery, cognitive behavioral therapy? And, like, the staff were sitting there going, half the staff were horrified, and the other staff were like, yes. Yes, yeah, finally not, somebody's saying it. Yeah, someone's that doesn't buy into the cult. Yeah, and I was like, uh, okay. And it, ironically, I by the time I left, even though I said all this stuff, you'd figure I'd really pissed off the the twelve step hardliners. They were some of the, like. The people who are like, you know what? You keep it real. You keep it 100% at all time. You know where you stand with you. You never have to wonder. And if, if, if people in the program could be as honest as you are, they would have less problems than they do. Because people, you know, it's, you know, I mean, just to be, you know, honest here, I am an alcoholic. I have no problem admitting that. Like the first step is 
admit you're powerless over alcohol and your life has become unmanageable. Well, it's not hard for me to say I'm powerless over alcohol because once I start drinking, I, never, I don't want to stop until I'm either passed out or I'm out. Right. Um, so that's like, you know, the first couple of times that I come out there and I had a few beers and I, like I, I was forcing myself to stop at like two, three beers over a three, four hour period, you know, and, and like, and I was like, you know, drove home and was like, yay, I, I no, you drank like a normal human being. What are you patting yourself on the back for? Normal human <laughs> beings don't sit down and drink a dirty 30 plus a 15 pack in one day. That's just not normal. That's a lot um, of Jesus, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I've been at parties where we've drank that. Right yeah. on. Fucking I mean, good for you, man. Well, no, not good for you. Actually, yeah, but wow. you know what? I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. I We had a guy come in, and he had a six-day detox. And I was like, Jesus Christ, what are you coming off of? And uh, he was like, gallon of vodka a day for the last uh, three years. I'm like, every day? He's like, every day. It's like, holy shit, dude. I'm like, how the fuck are you still standing? He's like, I don't know. And I mean, he was... He was, when I left, he was 10 days in and he still was shaking. I mean, he was still going through withdrawals. I was like, holy fuck. I mean, he was out of the danger zone to have a seizure because that's between the fourth day you take your last drink to the seventh. That's when you're, if you're a heavy drinker and your body's become dependent upon alcohol, that's the real danger zone. And alcohol and um, um, benzos are the only two drugs that you can die from withdrawals from. Heroin, you're going to wish you were dead. I know that from, uh, well... I don't want to bring them up just to throw them in your face, but I did learn that from Dr. Drew. Well, Amy Winehouse, people say she died of alcohol poisoning. No, she died from trying to quit, and she died from alcohol right. withdrawal. With, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, in groups, I was always the one that, you know, after about the fourth or fifth day, especially once the detox meds were done and my head had cleared, that when, you know, because you, your first group is what they call a didactic, which is basically CBT, cognitive behavior therapy. They're trying to get you to think about things in your life and how – your, your, you know, what, whatever your drug of choice or whatever you use affects that. Um, then you have your smoke break. And uh, I have to say this, e-cigarette was my best friend because they can't smell it and they allowed me to have it. Yeah. And I didn't have to worry about sneaking a lighter and trying to stand up on my toilet in the bathroom know, right? at night and blow into a fan. I had it I just, in my office. Hell yeah, I just sit in my bed fucking reading books and just fucking puffing away. And all my fucking bunkies were like, you motherfucker. And I'm like, want to hit it? And they'd hit it. And then they'd cough. And I'm like, it's not a joint, <laughs> stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're hitting the shit like it's a fucking like a steamroller. What are you, dumb? Yes. Of course you're going to fucking call. And then, of course, I got this. So you got uh, you got oil in there? I'm like, no, I got fucking e-juice, man. What are you, retarded? They're not going to let me bring fucking oil in. Well, how would they know? Because they opened it up and smelled it. Yeah, Duh. That's, yeah, that's true. You can definitely smell a concentrate. The weed smell don't go away. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um... I, you know, I, I got to the point where I'm in group and then we'd have after smoke break, what they call processing, which is you just talk about not necessarily about anything about recovery or being there, but how you feel at the time. And it would get, you know, they go in a circle, most of them. And when it would get to me, you could, you could see a lot of people either face palming, like, oh shit, here it comes. Or being like, all right, it's about to get good. Rich is up. All right, go ahead, bud. They're doing the Mr. You know? Miyagi? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they'd be rubbing their hands. They're going to heal your broken arm. They're like, oh, shit, okay, it's coming. And, uh, you know, I mean, I I guess I it, it's just I, I never really thought about it this way, but I, I pretty much am rough, rugged, and raw when I talk, and I just don't really fucking hold back. And I forget that not everyone's used to that. And I was shocking people, like, big time with a lot of the stuff I'd say because they'd ask me a direct question, I'd give them a direct answer, and I didn't sugarcoat it. You know, I mean, they were like, what's your worst experience you ever had on alcohol? And I'm like, yeah, that's easy. And I tell them the story, and they're sitting there like, we can't believe you fucking said that. 
Like you admit that? And I'm like, what the fuck? It's it's not. And I did I nothing. We were illegal. talking real here. Yeah. yeah, isn't that the point? Isn't that the point? To be honest, yeah, I, I did not break any laws. I just did something really stupid, you know. And I, I've told the story on on the show before, so I'm not going to rehash that one. But um, yeah. So you know, basically, just to just to get this part over with, I went in for what I went in for, uh, which was alcohol, and I said I'm going to be 100 honest with myself and other people. And I came out, and I I I did ruffle a lot of feathers, but at the same time, I was giving that I was giving that like you know I don't like what you say a lot of the times but I got to respect you because you're honest and you stick to your guns. And on top of it, when you're presented with facts that fly in the face of your beliefs, you will change your mind and you will adjust your opinions. And I said, well, isn't also that the point of not being an asshole drunk and sticking to my guns no matter what? And they were like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely had a lot of therapists pissed off at me because they try to fucking, you know, pick me apart. And then I'd look up at their wall. My therapist, I looked up and I was like, oh, that's a, that's a prestigious school you went to there. What is what it cost your parents or, or you and student loans? About what, 125 grand? And you make what, about 25 grand a year? here yeah but yeah i bet they're proud you're just fucking setting the world on fire aren't you <laughs> so needless to say she didn't really she didn't really like me <laughs> now the therapist from canada who played hockey i like them name, apples yeah his name was matt um and i called him Matty ice because you know he's a hockey player and also is funny to have a reference to a drug therapist calling him Matty Ice. <laughs> oh, I get was, it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me he, a sec. It took me a I drank was, enough of it. He was cool with it, you know, and, and but him and I got along real well, but he also ran into the problem I ran into. I said, I can never do this job. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm putting it in my, my notice. I'm like, really? I'm like, what, why? He's like, for the same reason you said, because I about a week in, this girl come in and she... Uh, you guys have now met my brother. She was like yep. a female version of my brother, except for her drug of choice was heroin. And I mean, you know, she come in and I'm, I, I hadn't met her yet. And I'm walking through the day room and I see a book sitting on the table and it's Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot of room temperature IQs in this place. And a few people I know, I, mean, I, I know this book wasn't in here because like they have like, you know, Danielle Steele in their quote unquote library. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like shit like that. And a bunch of like chicken soup for the fucking soul and all that garbage. Oh, so I'm like, someone brought this book in. Who, whose book is this? And, uh, this little like five foot one, 1974 androgynous looking girl named Carissa comes out and I'm like, Oh, is this your book? And she's like, yeah. Have you read it? I'm like, yeah, a long time ago. And that was pretty much it. I didn't think anything else. Well, later that day, we had a, a guest speaker from AA come in, and he talked about how he's been to the White House, and he's talked to the drug czar, and he's trying to present. He, 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 he had a presentation in front of a committee, and he was like, we need to treat drug and alcohol abuse for what it is, a mental health issue slash um, yeah. health issue, not a criminal issue, because, you know, it's it's we're we're imprisoning nonviolent offenders in there with lifers, and these people are coming out completely with their lives, you know, ripped apart. And of course, yeah. my hand shot up, and I was like, "So did they listen to you, or did they piss on your leg and blow smoke up your ass like most politicians do?" <laughs> and he just kind of did a double take, and he's like, "I'm I'm sorry. What, uh, what do you mean by that?" I said, "Well, we're creating a complete permanent underclass through our drug laws. You get busted with drugs, you can't vote, well, can't get f federal aid for 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 college. Yeah. You, you know, can't own a hand." gun you can't get a federal well, job you know i mean but a non-violent drug offender why oh, a non-violent drug offender yeah yeah if you got caught yeah, with yeah. you know an ounce of weed in the wrong state you're yes. looking at you know mandatory minimums and when you get out you're a felon for an ounce of weed the statement that i read from the white house did call the current drug laws racist well yeah they are no i yeah i understand you know the president also had to tell us that fingering people while they're asleep <laughs> is rape <laughs> 
Yeah, I know, right? Um, Sorry, I can't get over that. <laughs> like we have to be, we have to come to this. Cont- the 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 biggest adult in the room has to say it out loud. Hey guys, not cool. Cut it out. <laughs> so so you know, I he st- him and I start having a back and forth, and you know, this is an open talk to where for the most part, the forty five people that are there, they sit there to listen to the person tell their story, and it's the same story. You know, this guy was a little bit different. He come in more, and he was more political about it, and so that instantly captured my attention. And so him and I were going back and forth, and finally he goes okay here's the deal uh what's your name i said you know richard and my last name and he goes no i said you know richard in my last name and he goes okay give me six months sober here's my number call me he goes i swear i will do my best to take you with me next time i have to present one of these committees and he goes you obviously can't be as profane as you're, you're being right now <laughs> and i'm like fucking a i get it you know and he's like but he's like seriously because he was like in his late 50s early 60s he's like it's kind of hard because they see me and they just see this older gentleman talking about this stuff they they really aren't seeing you know a guy and he's had 20 years clean or something he's like they're not seeing someone who it's it's is newly freshly clean and it's affecting first-hand and, experience yeah That's yeah in, in in today's world with yeah, it yeah. and i was like you know i appreciate the offer but i mean why would i waste my time with politicians and then there was a back and forth and finally he was because like just fucking could, call me yeah rich you he's could like, be the face of of drug law reform in this country <laughs> which is yeah, what no. he's leading up to i mean honestly we've joked on the on our other podcast the weedsman about obama legalizing weed but with that last statement it really does seem like he's leading up to something Very. similar to that very very <laughs> yeah year and a half do the right thing but so yeah so we in, 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 the, in the process of this shit going on finally he goes any other questions and carissa the the the, the little androgynous chick i was telling you about she raises her hand and she goes okay so you obviously adhere to the 12 steps to keep you clean and she and he goes yeah and his name was eric I, I don't think he would mind me putting out his first name he goes yeah and uh she goes well what about um alternate forms of recovery and he's like well what do you mean she goes well i hear a lot in here that the 12 steps are the only way and this is the only thing that's going to save us from jail's institution and death right and she goes but there are people who go through rational recovery smart recovery cognitive behavioral therapy and at that point i was like i don't really know you but next smoke break i'm cornering you because you're the first person besides me to bring it up and so her and i just kind of you know next smoke break i did i walked up to her i'm like look i here's the deal i'm not trying to push up on you like some creepy old dude i know it's going to come off that way but what you said in there is exactly what i said to my therapist my first day and she looked at me like i just like wiped my dick off on her face so and half the staff here did too i said so you know what and she goes well my therapist is matt and i'm like oh matty ice and she's like yeah yeah and i'm like did what did he say when you brought it up she goes he thought it was a great idea and he gave me a bunch of paperwork on it and i'll have him print them off the paperwork for you and so i was like all right so i put in my homework and did that and her and i kind of hit it off baby No, it was much more of a, like, I, I looked at her like a little sister. And, I mean, this girl's been through hell. I mean, she's tricked on the streets. She's been pimped. She's been beat. I mean, you know, shit like that. And you find that when you're when you're in situations oh, like this. Up the room. Well, I mean, it's just the truth. And, <laughs> like, she, she, she was missing a tooth up front, and I asked her, I said, well, what happened? Because your teeth are, like, in excellent condition because she comes from a solidly middle-class family. She just, you know, started off with prescription drugs, found out heroin was cheaper, and went to that. And, uh, 
Well, that's, that'll do it. That's I mean, honestly that, the story of most. That's honestly most of the story of the people in there. Well, I asked her. I said, "Your dress, your teeth look great." And she goes, "Oh, I was I was dating a guy, and I didn't realize that we weren't dating in his mind. That he was pimping me, and when I didn't do what he said, he punched me." And when I hit the ground, I knocked out my front too. And she's like, I woke up and I was in a pool of blood. And he's sitting in his computer on Facebook posting about, I just had to knock this bitch out. And she just busted her front tooth out. This bitch dies on me. I'm in trouble. I'm like, he posted that on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So we started all cracking up because she's telling the story to the oh, Legion of Doom. That's like a signed confession. Like, here I, you go. I know, I know, right? I know, right? So he's telling... He's, it's like giving directions story. to the body. Like, what did he's, these idiots do before the internet? Open their window and yell out, anybody know out? what to do with a dead hooker? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she's telling this story to our little group 12-man group the legion of doom here and uh we're all dying and i'm like i can see him like feeling frustrated this bitch won't listen to me, so I and like it's it's something that if you're not oh. there and you're not in that world it's so horrible to laugh at but we all cracked up including her and she's and we riffed on it for a good 20 minutes and yeah, one of the staff no. walked by and just shook their head and was like it's fucked up the shit we find funny isn't it i'm like it really because most of the staff there are recovering addicts themselves so it's like yeah but if you don't laugh at it what do you do cry and that was like that was what i was known as like i was i had one bad day where i went off and i raised my voice and everyone flipped out where it was like oh shit rich is upset rich is never upset rich is rich has been here i've been here the day he came in and it's the day before he leaves and rich never repeated one joke yet like he's always got jokes you know and he's always cheering everybody up what the fuck is going on here so everyone flipped out and i was like well this teachers or this council there's a fucking coos. I don't care. Don't talk to me like I'm fucking five. You know, bitch, I've, we've all seen shit that your ass, who's never had even fucking had more than three drinks by your own admission, has ever fucking seen. So shut the fuck up. Don't talk. So how are we doing today? Did you talk to any therapists that uh, talked to you about their own experience with the program or were these uh, oh, yeah. all? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, one therapist, his name's Eddie. Uh, he has, um, he'll have 30 years uh, sober this year. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't go. He's, he's like, I've, I've been to a few meetings because I was dragged to him, yeah. but I don't use the 12 steps. I said, what do you use? And Eddie's from the south side of Chicago. Old, like, like when you say... When you say OG, Eddie's an OG. Like, like he's got the he's got yeah. the pa- the paperwork to prove it, and uh, the scars too. Um, and he's like, you know, I just I I know you said what you said about God and everything goes, but I turned my life over to Christ, and that's what keeps me sober. I was like, whatever keeps you sober, I have no beef with. Just don't try to push it on me. He's like, would never think of it because that's just a conversation, an argument. I don't want to have with you because I like you. And I said, okay. And then a couple other, you know staff and therapist there's there's there was one gentleman his name was sean he would fit in perfect with you and i aaron because he was a pretentious music snob oh awesome my people and oh yeah oh yeah 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 so and he's he's got like he he's really into like you know electronic music from back in the day and all that nope. stuff and yeah he used to dj giorgio Moroder. yeah yeah <laughs> like he 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 like yeah he i because it's me i you know use my Oh, shucks bullshit charm and got his iPad from him, or not iPad, but iPod from him one day and was going through. And I'm like, dude, you are a pretentious music snob. And he's like, I know, I know. I'm like, you would fit in with a couple of my friends so well. And he was like, I go to meetings maybe twice a year. And I'm like, well, you have 17 years clean. How does that work? And he goes, well, to be honest with you, one, I find that I can stay sober on my own. Some people need that support group. Two, I work here. Every day is like going to a fucking eight-hour meeting because I'm here with you people. And he's a big black guy. So I was like, what do you mean, you people? He's like, all right, look here, Richard X. Calm down. Don't get all militant on me. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Right. Okay, so, Rich, I, I... not uh, sorry 
<laughs> start over again. <laughs> I don't want to just be combative with you, but I, I do, because I, I am curious about your opinion about this. So okay. if I was to play Dr. Drew and say, well, you know, people promote the 12-step program because, because it is the best solution that we've found so far that works for the most people, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So I mean, are you asking my opinion on that? Well, no, because you're, you're very negative towards the, the 12-step program. Like, you're open to rehab, but you didn't want to... You were, you were opposed to the, the program because of the God that was in it. But isn't the, isn't the greater thing here that it is just a program? It's something that you can adhere to and that kind of gives you a, a checklist of progress or you can feel like you're actually doing something. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, don't get me wrong. You know, I've been to meetings since I've been out. I got out Sunday at 9 a.m. Yeah. And, you know, I've been to meetings and I do have a home group. And tomorrow, um, the gentleman I was telling you about who is, this place is answer to Dr. Drew, just extremely more profane. Um, like he could give me a run for my money with the shit that comes out of his mouth. So I, I to give you an idea. He has a, it's, he doesn't, it's not affiliated with any 12 step program. It's called, he just calls it a support group. And okay. it's every, every Thursday at four. And, uh, I mean, he is, he goes to meetings, he does the 12 step thing, but he never pushed it on me. Cause he's like, I understand your gripes with it. But he explained to me how the 12 steps are really broke down and how they're supposed to be broke down. The first three are essentially coming to terms with your addiction and saying, I have to have faith that I'm going to get better. And most people are more comfortable putting their faith in something called a higher power or God than they are in their own willpower. And I was like, okay, steps four through nine are about like steps. Step four is make a searching and fearless moral inventory. Okay. Wait, can well, we that's... talk a little bit about faith though again? Cause yeah, go ahead. Go, well, 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 let me just, let me just, anyway, steps four through okay, nine are more ahead. about you trying to find your, your character defects, your flaws, keeping track of them and being, you know, cognitive of when they pop up and correcting them as quick as possible. Cause just because you're sober doesn't mean you're not an asshole. Right. So, and then steps 10, 11, and 12 are more of the maintenance steps. And he goes, basically what it is, is that you've lived a lifestyle where drugs and alcohol were your lifestyle. And you have to learn a new lifestyle that completely takes those things out. And it's a lifestyle change. And that's where the 12 steps come in and help people. And I have to acquiesce to him because it's the truth. It really does. Um, I mean, there are, there are born again, hard 12 steppers who never picked up again, but I said, but let's be honest here, Tim, by AA's own stats and independent researchers, researchers own stats, the, of everyone that goes into AA or everyone that quits cold turkey on their own, 5% will never pick up again. And that's AA saying that themselves. And he goes, yeah, well, relapse is a part of recovery. I said, I understand that. But when you, when you can go cold turkey and you have the same chance of never picking up again as someone at AA, he goes, I get what you're getting at. Here's the difference. The person who goes cold turkey and doesn't have a support group, when they go back out and start using again, the chances of people trying to go, hey, man, what are you doing? You know, Right, get, they're not know, surrounded in that culture anymore. Exactly. They go, they go back out into a world that they're, they feel comfortable right. in, and they have no other idea what the world is like because they just did it themselves. And I, that's where I was like, I get it now. Right. I understand it. It's positive peer pressure. Like, if you're going to these meetings sober and sharing your experience with these other sober people, and then you get high and show up, you're probably going to be pretty fucked 
fucking embarrassed mm-hmm. and maybe even disgusted with yourself. And that's the type of you know negative energy that can work to positive effects on you and say, hey, get your shit together. Well, yeah. And I mean, as, as I brought up to Tim and uh, Sean and a couple other of the staff members there, I was like, my problem is, is that we create, we cre- okay, we, we, okay, drugs are illegal. If you get caught drunk driving, you might, you know, oh shit, all hell breaks loose, you know, and then we, we force them into the legal system and the legal system funnels them into the for-profit recovery system. And then it's just a revolving door and it's, mm-hmm. and, and, and it all boils down to money. And they all said, we agree, but we, this is, this is the, the, the playing field that we play on and we try to play the game as best we can. And I said, I got you, but you know, there are other alternatives and they all have said, yeah, Yes, there are. I mean, rational and smart recovery both have meetings. You know, uh, mm-hmm. CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, that's more of a, a group or a one on one, you know, therapeutic type thing. So, I mean, it's not like it's just, okay, I quit drinking or I quit sticking a needle in my arm or I quit sucking on the stem fast diet. So, I'm done and I'm good and it's over with. You know, there's, there's, there are support groups for the, you know, or a support system built into these programs as well. It's just they don't get the, the press like the 12 step programs do, which is ironic considering the 11th tradition is we're supposed to keep anonymity at the level of press, film, and, and right. television. It's but not you the, hear, it, yeah. They don't get the press. It's like, uh, nobody even knows about it. nobody even hears about it you you mm. hear about recovery and you think 12-step program yes that there yeah. isn't any other way in most people's minds both addicts and non-addicts mm. and the best thing that was told to me and this is by a guy who had five years clean and he relapsed and he came he came in and uh his, his name was mike you know and I, I was talking to him i'm like look man you had five years in and i mean he's born again hard he's one of the hardliners and him and i disagreed on a few things but he goes look this is what works for me and whatever works for anybody that keeps them sober, I'm down for because mm-hmm. it's not cool to live your life the way we were living. And he goes, and you might be one of those people that can that can look at different programs and cherry pick what works for you, put it together in this big old fucking you know pot, call it recovery goulash, and go on with your life. He goes, and if it works for you, do it. What he goes because you know what doesn't work for you. Now you got to figure out what works for you. And if it's if it's the twelve steps, if it's one of the twelve step programs, great, wonderful. But even if it isn't, he goes, just go to meetings and use it as a way to to to, to use it as a group therapy method. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, here's the thing: like you had, I am, I feel this way. I I won't label anyone an addict or an alcoholic or whatever they want to call it, depending on what meeting you're at. I won't do it. Only you can decide if you have a problem. And if you have a problem, then maybe you should do something about it. And if you want some help, I'm here for you. Yeah. Like a perfect example, I will not use this gentleman's name. And when I get to the end of the story, you'll understand why. This gentleman come in. He was a younger guy, and he had a really bad heroin habit. And he was like, you know, only child from privilege and mama you know just showered him with everything he could ever want was one of these mothers that was like i'm never going to throw you out the house i'm never going to turn my back on you and he was sitting there and we were in group one day and for 45 minutes he's telling us you know he doesn't care he's not afraid if he's going to live or die he's not afraid to die and we're all trying to get through to him that look man you know you have family that cares about you you have you have a better first step than most of us have on our 10th step out coming out of you know the shit we're in you you know you can walk back into a situation that is going to be much better than the situations a lot of us are going back to. And he just wasn't hearing it. And finally, I just said, look, okay, here's the deal. I'm sorry. I'm done talking. The door to get into rehab is locked. The door to leave is open. No one's forcing you to stay here. If you don't care if you live or die, and you're going to sit here and give us an excuse for everything we say, then go out, stick a fucking needle in your arm, play that game of Russian roulette. And if you die, so fucking be it. Well, the next day, he got caught doing something he wasn't supposed to do, got thrown out. Nine hours later, he overdosed and died. And... 
a lot of people were, you know, there was a lot of crocodile tears because that's the nature of addicts. They, you know, they learn to manipulate and play the game. Um, I won't go so far as to say they're, you know, sociopathic, but they, they do have that tendency to fake emotion and feign, you know, different, you know, empathy and stuff. And I was just sitting there like, well, he knew the risks. We all tried to tell him this is not his first rodeo. This wasn't his first rehab. This kid had a ton of, well, I mean, I call him a kid, but I think he was like 26, 27. I'm like, he had every opportunity given to him and he turned them down. And right. when you stick that needle in your, there is a heroin epidemic like that, that, that we haven't seen in fucking decades. And it, I mean, people are falling out left and right. There were four overdoses inside the rehab when I was there. Yeah. We had a guy come in who had a, a rock about half the size of, of an average male fist of pure heroin. And he was doing what we call a rehab tour. He was hitting different rehab looking for new custos. And he did, when, when, when he finally got, he'd sold all of his heroin, but he, we, you know, staff aren't stupid. They know the game. So they, they tossed the place, did quote unquote random drug testing, which wasn't random at all. He pissed dirty. That's enough excuse to throw him out the door. He took three or four residents with him, like to go back on the street. And he went to his next rehab and started the game all over again. I mean, it's easier to get certain drugs in there than it is on the street. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. If you don't, this is what is said all the time. If you don't want to get clean, you won't get clean in here. In fact, this is just, this will be like fucking a little bit more strict version of summer camp. And you can play the game and get what you want. I mean, there was people constantly begging the nurse practitioner to prescribe them some stuff. I need this. I need this. I need this. And basically anything non-narcotic, you know, is on the table as far as consideration to be prescribed to you. So Neurotin is a non-narcotic painkiller. A lot of people, you know, have chronic pain and you had a lot of people cheeking their meds, sell, you know, and selling them to people and they go into the, the bathroom, crush them up. And we didn't have straws, but they'd break a pen down and, you know, snort it up through the, you know, the pen and we're getting high that way. I mean, well, Butrin. I had no idea people would, 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 you know, crush four or five of them up, snort them up and get high. I mean, I, it's just not something I've ever done. I've never been a big pill guy except for ecstasy. Yeah, something to so, snort. You're 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 in there like, dude. I just like beer. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, you know, like, that's the thing. I can't say that because. I mean, one of my big country, the, the guy from Nebraska, one of the guys that I really think is going to make it, and I really think I'll stay in contact with. Um, in fact, I think today he might have just got released. Um, uh, he, on his seventh day there, he had a seizure, a five-minute long seizure, and it was from alcohol withdrawal because he was drinking about a fifth and a half a day. Right. And like he was almost out of the danger zone. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, this is nothing to be fucked with. Like That's what I looked like when I was having a seizure, except there was no one around. You know, I, And I, when I had... My two seizures back in 2013 from going cold turkey, that's what happened to me, and no one was there, and I could have died. I could have fell and busted my head, and that had been, you know, game over. Mourners, mourners emit flowers, you know what I mean? So that's when I was like, okay, this is no fucking game anymore. This is some real shit. This isn't, I like to get drunk on the weekends, and I get a little loud. This is, it starts off with, I'm going to get a fucking 12-pack, and then two months later, you know, on my day off of work, I'm stopping at the party store, picking up a dirty 30, and five beers in, I'm like, this is not going to be enough, and so I fucking side street Pete it to the party store and pick up a 15-pack, and that's gone by fucking 7 o'clock in the morning, and I have had any sleep you know that's what it turned into for me so this is this is serious shit but at the same time you know me i'm not going to be completely serious about anything but um to get back to, to what you were saying aaron um yeah what was i saying what, what you were saying something about the faith thing so i mean go ahead with that and oh, guys no, I, you know just you, so, just so you know from here on out i have no problem answering any question i mean if it's if it's something that's a little too sensitive and you ask me a question i'll be like i'll give you the answer off the air but i mean this is going to be something that's going to be a part of me and it has to be or else it's going to kill me like it did my uncle i have an 
uncle that died at 37 from wet brain and cirrhosis. You know, I'm sorry, uh, wet brain? Wet brain. That's an actual condition. It's where you drink to the point where your brain chemistry is so fucked, you basically become special needs. And we had three guys in there that were like that of various ages. And one of the things they, they say is once, you, once you've been pickled, you can never go back to being a cucumber. And it's the truth. They've done so much damage to their brain drinking that they're just never going to be right. Uh, so yeah i mean that's a very real thing uh what was i saying about faith you you were telling me about the the one uh therapist i think that was recontextualizing the 12 steps outside of the religious aspects of it Mm -hmm. and his idea of faith was you could have faith that you will beat this basically yeah but i I don't know. Uh, I don't understand. I don't really understand what faith means outside of religion. Well, it's okay. it's not a, a solid concept for me. I don't have faith in things. I don't have religion, and I don't have faith that things are going to happen. Like okay, I, it's they tried to they, a couple people tried to pimp it, pimp, pimp it on me like this. You ever been to Ireland? No, no, what I the wish. Fuck? And, and I'm looking at them like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? And then it hit me. Okay, I know where they're going with this. But go ahead, I'll, I'll play along. No, I haven't. Yeah. They're like, well, then how do you know it's there? I said, because I have family who fucking come visit, right, all right? right? You know what I'm saying? Well, you've never seen it. Because we share knowledge in this world. Yeah, exactly. People and I'm have like, traveled it and made maps. And I had one... Uh, this has been going on for centuries. <laughs> and, I, and I had one staff member who was like um, very much, you know, God, 12 steps, and she was like, who is your higher power, Rich? And I said, I don't know, and that wasn't a good enough answer. Google. And I said, okay... I said, okay, fuck it. You want my higher power? It's a power greater than myself? And she goes, yes. I said, it's, it's something that's been here before me and it'll be here long after I'm dead? She, so, she goes, yes. I said, fuck it then. The my higher power. <laughs> I said, my higher power is music then. And she was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And I'm like, well, it, by the very strict standards you gave me to define my higher power, if gun to my head I had to pick one right now, why not? Music's never done anything bad for me or to me. You know, it's in fact, it's helped me through situations more so than any imaginary God. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or a God that I don't understand or hasn't revealed himself, whatever, you know, because I, and I will put it this way. I highly doubt, highly, highly doubt I'm ever going to have a road to Damascus moment and, and start preaching, you know, the, the, the good news. Yeah. But it might happen. I mean, it could happen uh, to any of It would have happened by now. That, like, see, we need to make a cover version of this song called Evidence. <laughs> <laughs> but I need to see some more. Gotta have gotta evidence. Have evidence. <laughs> yeah, I gotta have proof. Proof, proof. Yeah, yeah I gotta see some real shit. I you call it proof. That's but, the cover uh, of it. <laughs> oh, anyways, have proof, just, proof, proof. <laughs> we we got off on a tangent. I just want to finish the little story about uh, the no, girl Carissa. Faith. This is this is well. This is this is kind of along those lines. This is where mm-hmm. I said that one counselor, Matt, Mr. Matty Ice, uh, when he said that he couldn't do the job anymore. This is where I understood where he's coming from. So this Carissa girl and I got close, and she was like a little brother or a little sister to me. And uh, we they 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 try to show rehab movies, movies that have a you know a rehab or a, a, a recovery type feel to them. Mm. I don't know Train if you've spotting. seen. I, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they said they showed Requiem for a Dream and half the place left to get high. I'm like, they kind of missed the point of that movie, right? You know, <laughs> like, you hey, but this is no bullshit. I, I heard a couple people when when that kid I told you about that 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 got thrown out and an overdose a couple hours later when they found out he died, they're like, we need to get a hold of some of that shit. We'll shoot some fucking crack first, and then you uh, won't yeah. fall out, and we'll shoot that shit, and right. we'll be high as fuck. I'm like, you guys are fucked in the head, man. <laughs> that that. 
Yeah, that is some ill You were not in the proper headspace for what you were trying to do. So anyways, one of the recovery movies they decided to show on a Saturday afternoon was the movie Flight with Denzel Washington. Don't know if you've seen it. Long story short, Mm. he's a pilot. Uh, No, I did not. He has substance abuse problems, and he's drunk, high on cocaine uh, from that morning and the night before. He has to fly a flight from Florida to Georgia. Um, Mechanical uh, malfunction on the plane happens. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler (laughs) alert. Um, he saves mo- like all but six people on the plane by you know being like a miracle—not a miracle, but like uh, a crazy good pilot. But at the same right. time, he was drunk and high on cocaine. And at the end of the movie, uh, this is big spoiler alert. He's in front of the the NTSB and they're questioning him. And Don Cheadle played his lawyer, and he got the tax screen thrown oh, out. Man. But the 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 head of the NTSB that's doing the investigation goes. He wears um, war machine costume with court. No, no, he did this not. This shit's getting thrown out right now. <laughs> but she asked him, and basically he breaks down and admits, "I was drunk, I was high. In fact, I'm drunk right now." And he ends up going to prison, and the movie ends with him in an AA circle. Dang, telling the story, and he's like, "You might call me stupid, but for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm not living a lie." Blah blah blah. Early in the movie, because it's like two story, a story about two people that that meet up. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. <laughs> so, so Denzel Washington is obviously the the, the 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 person that's that's being really like you know what do you call it? Uh, he's featured in the movie. Well, th- there's a chick in the movie who you know she's been tricking. She's a heroin addict. She gets some really good heroin, and t- to the song "Sweet Jane," which I was like, really? Hmm. We're gonna play a Lou Reed song? Why don't we just play "Waiting on the Man" while she shoots up? She she overdoses. And so I'm sitting next to Carissa and we're talking because we both seen the movie before and she got real quiet during that scene and she just got this look in her eyes and I was like, okay, I know that look because I've seen it in the mirror a million times. That's that I want to go get fucked up look. And I'm like, get that shit out your head, kid. Come on now. That ain't fucking good for you. You've been here seven days. You're through the, you're through the withdrawals. You're through all this shit. You only have two more weeks to go. And she's like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. We talked for two hours and she said, you know what? You're right. I'm good. Well, I had to make a phone call. So I was like, let me go make my phone call and I'll be back. I went to go use the phone for 15 minutes. I was gone. I come back. And I was like, uh, where's Carissa? Oh, she checked out and left. Go get her. I was like, in 15 minutes after two hours of talking to her, I was like, what the fuck did, what happened? Well, she, she came over here and started talking to the rest of the Legion of Doom. And they're like, she's talking about the scene, and they're all like, yeah, fucking, I remember I fell out one time, but I was high as fuck, man, until I passed out, and I woke up in the hospital, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you assholes got her fucking all amped up to go out and fucking slam the shit. And that's when I was like, you know what? You can't help people that don't want help. And I, it's really fucking hard for me if I had to do that job to see the same people coming in. And here's the fucked up thing. Tim was like, I'm glad to see you again. I said, Tim, no, you're not. He's like, no, I am, because it means you're not dead. I'm like, oh. That's a fucked up way to look at it. And he goes, that's the way I have to look at it to do this job. At least you're not dead. Maybe this time you'll get it. Because when Tim saw me, he was like, you fucking idiot. You fucking moron. And I'm like, good to see you, Tim. And he's like, how much fucking pain do you got to go through? through? You get that thick ass head of yours. You can't outthink this situation. You can't outtalk this situation. You stupid cocksucker. I'm like, ah, this is what I missed about this place. <laughs> but yeah, so I, it's really hard because I, 
your natural inclination, if you're like me, is to help people through the situation. But also at the same time, you have to build very strong boundaries and, you know, you have to keep them at arm's length, but always within reach, if that makes any sense. You just, you know, I'll and help. And you should be focusing on yourself. Yeah, but that's part of, you know, not now, not new, not newly sober people. That's not their, their job is not to help other people, but... Yeah. Once you reach a certain point, yes, it is. You I know? see, I see. Um, like right now, I have three gentlemen who all work where I was at, and because of conflict of interest, they can't be my sponsors. But I have their phone numbers, and I can call them 24-7, which is basically what it is. And, and talk, you know, like, hey, look, I'm, I'm, I, I've only had one bad craving, and I woke up with it in there. And to give you guys an idea, I woke up, and I had a slight shake. And this was like two and a half weeks into this, and a little bit of a headache. And I'm like, God, I kind of feel like I drank last night, but I know I didn't. There's, there's not even, like, alcoholic, you know, mouthwash in this place. There's nothing. And I'm in the shower, and I get out of the shower, and I'm trying off. And all of a sudden, I could taste booze in the back of my throat so strong. And I wanted to drink so bad. I was like, this is fucked up. Like, I got pissed off. I was like, this is bullshit. Like, this is this is some movie bullshit. I'm better than this. What the fuck is wrong with me? And then instead of getting pissed off and not talking about it, I went and went to someone who I trusted who was a staff member, and, and, and his name is Jeff. And he was like, Rich, I am, I think he's 14, 15 years clean. He's like, I, I get the same craving sometimes. It's just, it's, it's going to happen. You just have to let them pass. And he goes, and, and in here, that's why you're here. This is the safest place for someone newly sober to be because if you try to leave, unless you just walk out the door without announcing you're leaving, most people come up and go, I want to leave. And they try to talk you, you know, talk you down, talk you through it. And it works most of the time. Some people just go, fucking, I'm leaving and walk out the door, which is what happened to like three of the people in our group of 12. They all left on a Friday morning and they had, they had been planning it for a week and they sold their fucking bridge cards to the dope man for 50 cents on a dollar and then they all went and got high and as far as i know two of them haven't been heard from them one of them was found on the street in ann arbor fucking panhandling so that worked out well for all three of them but uh it's 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 just it's it's really it this part i will give the 12 steps credit for they say it's it's a kind of insanity and it really is and it's not this, this cliche doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results that's one of a hundred definitions of that word and they like to act like that's the only definition but um i mean it really it really is like it it flies in the face of everything rational and logical to keep doing this to yourself and you don't know why like everyone goes oh if you find that one thing like you were molested or beaten as a child or abandoned then you'll be fine no it doesn't work that way yeah, you, but you'll find a starting point to yes. start healing yourself yeah it's a jump off point yeah. and i mean you know we got into a big debate and this is always a debate in these in these places and in recovery is it is it uh is it a disease a disease is it a conscious decision and i think it's a little bit of both i mean if you come from a family that are heavy you know uh drinkers or or, or you know addicts then yeah probably it's not a good idea yeah. for you to pick the shit up because you probably have somewhat of i mean you can have a predisposition to diabetes and cancer so you might have a predisposition to not being able to fucking control certain things because i mean drugs and alcohol do change your brain chemistry that's a fact yeah you know, but you know where admitting that something else has control over you is usually the first step to giving up saying that like oh there's nothing i can do this this is something bigger than than me that's got control over me that can and obviously i'm not speaking for somebody who's never had a problem a, a problem with any uh anything like this though the question doesn't seem to be about whether it's a disease or not it's whether you have control over it or not. Well, I think, like I said, this is how I feel. Once once you're no longer physically dependent upon the 
the drug that you're on, um, aka going through withdrawals. And I, you know, I I was lucky this time. Like I said, it was a preemptive strike. I wasn't physically dependent upon alcohol. I did have some of the withdrawal symptoms, but not the the major ones. You know, the dry heaves, can't keep nothing down for the first day or after two after drinking the shakes. Yeah. But I wasn't like hallucinating. I wasn't. I wasn't having you know my skin crawling. I wasn't. Didn't have a seizure. Blah blah blah. But once. Once the withdrawals are done, it's a conscious decision whether you pick up again. And once I pick up, that just starts the domino effect that's not good because I know where it's going to end up. And like I said, it's going to end up with me fucking drinking an ungodly amount of fucking booze. And people don't even notice it because I just, you know, if it's my day, if I have two days off in a row, I start on my first night after I get off work and I just drink the entire time until the day before I go back to work. And then I just nurse the hangover with a couple beers and go back to work. And the minute I get off work, I start drinking again. I'm just, I was constantly drinking when I wasn't at work. So it's not like I was sitting there slamming beer after beer beer after beer, you know, but people just saw a beer in my hand constantly. And I, guys, to be honest with you, there's one, of, I, I I won't name the podcast because I can't, but I listened back to it and I was like, I don't remember doing the last half of that. And it, this was a couple weeks before I went in and yeah. I'm listening and I listened to it back like that part three or four times. I don't, I've sounded a lot drunker on other shows. I was slurring a lot more on other shows. I don't even think you guys knew. I mean, you guys knew I was drinking because you could hear me popping the fucking can in the background. I don't think you guys knew I was that fucked up. I didn't know I was that fucked up. And I'm like, I don't remember eating it. You don't remember it, huh? No. And I'm like, fuck. And they're like, that is, you're flirting with what they call wet brain. You, 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 that is, when that shit starts, it's, it's, it's a, it's a steep downhill slope. And every therapist and and That shit happens even to casual drinkers that overdo it in a night. Oh, no, I got you. But I mean, what I'm talking about is I had some days I could drink a six pack and I'd be sloshed. And other days I could drink a case. And no one would know I've been drinking unless they come up close enough to smell it on me. Yeah, it's just I, I constantly. St- I bet you my blood alcohol, my BAC was was probably one and a half times legally drunk constantly, even when I would wake up after eight hours of sleep, and I wasn't eating. I mean, I dropped 20 pounds in a month and a half from just not eating. And the only time I could eat was when I was completely hammered. And if I was sober and I tried to eat, it came back up on me. So I learned, don't eat while you're sober. Right. So, and it's just, like I said, that's insanity. That's fucking insane. I'm, say what you will about me, but I'm not like fucking that dumb. But apparently I am. You get what I'm saying? Like, I just, I didn't realize it. And then I was like, whoa, time out. This isn't good. Like, the morning I called the number to get to go back in, you know, I woke up and I was like, hey, I feel pretty good. You know, didn't feel that hungover. I was still half drunk. And I went and I, I grabbed a glass of water and I drank it. And I was sitting on the couch and I was flipping through the channels looking for something to watch. And all of a sudden, uh-oh. And I ran to the bathroom and all the water came up and then I dry heat for 15 minutes. And at the end of those 15 minutes, I was picking my glasses up out of the toilet. I had snot and tears running down my face. And I looked in the mirror and I'm wiping my face off. And I'm like, my like all the whites of my eyes, I had blown out. I was seeing stars. I was dry heaving so hard. I was like, this, this can't go on like this because this is going to end badly. I got to fucking put pump the brakes on this because this will just, this will end with me either like probably in a hospital and if I get hard headed enough and I won't go to the hospital, I might end up dead. So, but I mean, I, 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 this is, this is, this is what I didn't do before. I wasn't completely honest. I had a sponsor before and he was super Catholic and he was like, the only way you're going to clean is become Catholic and do this and do that. And I'm like, I just didn't have the heart to tell him, look, dude, this isn't working out. You're coming from an angle that I just, I'm not down with. I don't understand. So no, you know, no hard feelings. We're just going to part ways. You know, we'll still talk, whatever, but I'm going to, I, this isn't working as a, you know, sponsor, sponsee type thing. Someone to, to help guide me through, you know, this, this portion of, of getting clean. And then I 
stopped doing what was working for me. And like I said, I wasn't being honest. Now this time, I'm being honest to the point where I've actually cut certain people out of my life because they're just, they don't get it. Oh, so you've been to rehab, so you can drink normal now? What the fuck? That's not, it's yeah. like that commercial. It, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works, you know? You're right. like, no. And so, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, I, I, I've never been a big pothead. I mean, I had my, my moments in my early 20s, but, you know, people smoke weed around me. I don't give a shit. Go ahead. You know, it's like mm. someone fucking snorting coke around me. I know physically I can't handle coke, but even before I physically had that, you know, was told to me, I just was like, I'm good. I don't like the way it makes me feel. And here's another thing, you know, a lot of people that go to the 12-step group that focuses more on drinking than on the narcotic side, they, they don't drink, but they still smoke weed. A lot of them have their weed yeah. cards, Yeah. you know, and if it works for them, because weed does not affect their life the way booze does. And if that works for them, more power yeah, too. That, yeah, I was going to ask about that because they obviously they let you feed the nicotine monkey like how do how especially too with the the views changing well this is more of a, this is more of a weed quest a weedsman question but with like the way views are changing now and stuff like that well how how okay. is how is uh cannabis viewed by the uh the rehab community at, at this day and age just to give you a quick overview when you go in you're not allowed caffeine which is no big deal because I, I didn't drink it anyways. Chocolate, which no big deal is I don't eat it anyways. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, they didn't give us pork. Everything was turkey sausage. I don't know if that was more of a religious thing because they didn't want to offend anybody. So they just went to the co lowest common denominator of what animal they could turn into sausage and gave it to us. Um, now, when it comes to weed, when I was there before, there was a bunch of most people, most staff and, and counselors would go, Ugh. Look, I can't tell you to go ahead and smoke weed. But I mean, if you smoke weed, are you going to want to drink? Are you going to want to go out and fucking get a you know a ball? Are you going to want to go out and get a couple packs and slam nose? A lot of times, and if, yeah. And if the answer is yeah, then probably stay Maybe away from lot, weed. For a lot of addicts, yeah, that you know, would be the case. And now. And then you had the hardliners back when I went in 2013 that were like, you can overdose on weed, you can have a heart attack, a stroke. And I'm like, get okay. the fuck out. You're like, an I'm looking, idiot. <laughs> I'm like, you are so fucking retarded. Do you know how dumb you are? I mean, it hurts yeah. me how yeah. phys physically, how dumb you are. Do you know, are you aware of this? Right. Or do you just walk around in bliss all hey, day? Yeah, hey, you can overdose on weed and vitamin C and... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, it's like we've always said: you'd you can pass over, out. You can overdose well on you, water. You can overdose yeah, on just about anything. You would. You would pass out well before <laughs> you fucking came close to, right. to to overdosing on weed. You just your body would just go, "Hey, check this out." <laughs> That's it. So, but no, and so this time, the way they they they, they pimp this shit is, it just makes you stupid. And I'm like, what do you mean it makes you stupid? Well, you ever talk to most potheads? I'm like, yeah, I have some pothead friends. You'd be fucking surprised how intelligent they were, high or not. They said, no, that is true. But for most people, they smoke weed and they get fucking stupid. And it's just, it's a pain in the ass to be around stupid people. I'm like, it's a pain in the ass to be around stupid people when you're sober. I don't know. You got to show me some proof that those people weren't stupid going in, first of all. <laughs> Pretty much. And then my retort also would be like, oh, yeah, you watch TV? TV makes you fucking stupid. There's, there's yeah, no there shit, is right. plenty of stupid people out there. You can't blame it on marijuana. I know. But, um, you know, so it's it's it's, it's kind of like... The, it's proof, proof. It's kind of the third rail in the recovery community. Like, people just kind of stay away from it. They don't really touch on it much. They don't um, piss on it. Yeah, definitely don't. So, um, but what you're saying is, under the right circumstances, you could have the reefer in the rehab. Well, let's put it this way. Not in the rehab. I no, 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 no. They won't give at you at rehab. Ah, no. But if you're in recovery, mm -hmm. I, 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 someone who um, I didn't mean in the, I didn't mean in the building. I don't yeah, know. I, I got you. I got There's you. There's not many someone, places someone, I think that would consider that being in recovery if you were smoking <laughs> weed. 
Yeah, no, that's true. But I'm gonna. I will say this: um, someone who uh, uh, I, I don't want to throw under the bus because I, you know, I, I don't this know so if funny. they would they would like their name out there about this. But um, they go to the twelve step program that focuses on alcohol because that was their problem. They still smoke weed and they have double digits years clean. Um, and I see no problem with that, especially because a lot of it is pain management. And I that just, person is maxed out. I mean, that person has degenerative bone disease, and that person is maxed out on the drugs they can give them. And she's they are uncomfortable whatever the pronoun game she's uncomfortable fuck it um with with being on so many heavy narcotics well i mean there you go half the population it might be (laughs) (laughs) um rich keep describing your boy i just heard a a a podcast with your boy dr drew that Uh was talking about no but this is uh, this uh, supports your story right you guys actually probably on the same side on this one it might be shocked but as far as alcoholics who shift over to weed he, he, he's gone so much far to say, you know what, if it works for him and it's doing less damage in their life, then rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's basically this is... This that's is a direct quote I, from Dr. Drew, by <laughs> that, the way. Yeah, this is, he was reading it. <laughs> this yeah. is how I look at it, and this is not like a popular way to look at it. I went, I, my first meeting I went to when I, when I got out was um, it was for new people or newly back into recovery people. And there was a lot of people that didn't record order, you know, and I was like, look, if you want me to sign your paper, I'll do it at the beginning of the meeting and you can just leave if you want. If you don't think you have a problem, I'm not going to sit here and preach to you. And a couple of the other, you know, people who were leading the meeting who've had, you know, years clean were like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm like, no, there ain't no whoa, 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 bullshit. And it's, we say it right at, right in the beginning. Only you can decide if you're an addict. Well, I mean, they, that person had a drunk driving. Obviously, they have a problem. Or they fucking swigged the wrong mouthwash and got caught changing lanes without a signal. Okay. I, I don't know if this person is an addict. Only that person can say they're an addict. So, and that's not a very popular thing in the 12-step community. But that's, look, what works for you works for you. The main thing is, and this is this is how I described it, and it got picked up by a few counselors and, and a few therapists. They said it's a, it's a it's a genius way to describe it. It's This is something that, we're, that any addict is going to struggle with their entire life. And they may not win every battle, but to win the war, you just have to die sober. And and preferably not from your addiction, like not from consequences, of, like, you know, not me dying in five right, years yeah. of liver failure type shit. Yeah. Um, Rich wants to die in a boat accident with no, what strippers. Did, <laughs> no, Aaron said it best. I want to, I want to, I want to strap explosives to a lion and ride him off a mountain. I think, <laughs> I think that was from Heather's. Okay. All right. Yeah. So well, so, you quoted it. So, yeah. but yeah. Um, but no, man. I, and, and well, you found the, you found the parts of the 12 step that you actually like though it sounds like yeah and i, I mean know? i've made my peace with it i mean there's yeah. i i'm not going to go into what i think my higher power is because i'm it's something i'm still trying to work out but i mean i do think that aliens probably i have i have heard i have heard some good ones like you know some people who are just flat out atheist yeah um are like i believe the collective group is stronger than i am in my own and I'm like, well, of course, because any group of people coming together f- for a common good, trying to help each other, they're going to be stronger together than they are going to be, you know, isolated and separated from each other. It also depends on where you go. I mean, there's a lot of people at Gibraltar Trade Center. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not a stronger well, I mean, power coming out of that place. <laughs> no, there's a lot of shitty tattoos, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, you know, for the most part, I'm like, OK, I got it. You know, I understand that. and I respect it. You know, I don't I don't shit on any anything that works for anyone but at the same time i'm not going to fucking sit there and insist that i'm an alcoholic and an addict 
or whatever, and you are too, and you need to do this and you need to do that. And that kind of ruffles some feathers. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, I don't consider anyone who smokes weed on a daily basis or everyone who smokes weed on a daily basis that they're addicted to weed. I mean, if I know people that if they don't get, you know, their fucking, you know, their little pothead fixed, they throw temper tantrums and they're, and they're, they pick fight with their wives and shit and their assholes. Cranky if I don't get my coffee. Exactly. I made coffee the other morning and didn't take it to work with me. I was pissed off that day. I have I have a friend who spent six years in the army and he he got out and he was on uh, uh, he was in the reserves and they called him back to active duty and said we want you to be a drill instructor and he he was like or a drill sergeant he goes great wonderful so he started working out and then at the last minute they said you know we don't need you we're going to put you back on uh, in the reserves and for whatever reason he took a job that that took up so much of his time he couldn't work out anymore and he was the most miserable cocksucker to be around because he's addicted to working out but that's is that a bad addiction i don't think so i mean he's not like he's not like crazy about it but he not unless his muscles pop like that one did no not nothing like that he's just in very good shape you know he doesn't smoke he he does drink but i mean he drinks like a normal person which pisses me off and that's one of the things i've had to come to terms with is that normal people can buy a fucking 15 dollar six pack of some fucking super duper craft beer and it might last them two fucking weeks if, if i if you buy me a six pack that's a warm-up now let's hit the fucking store and get the real shit i mean i literally used to and i i had a friend point this out to me he goes do you remember back in the day even as you know, far back is like 17 years ago when you were 21. I was like, yeah. He's like, do you remember what you'd do when you'd come to a party? Like, what do you do? In reference to what? He goes, you'd show up with two cases and you'd set one down and say, that's for the party. And you'd set the other case down and say, that's for me. And about halfway through the fucking party, if it went five, six hours, you'd be drinking out of the case for the party going, well, I can't help you guys drink like your asses are made of candy and you got nipples on the end of those fucking cans. You know, I drink like men. And I'm like, God damn, yeah, I used to do that, didn't I? And he's like, yeah, dude, you've always been that way. That's This is nothing new. It's just you're more aware of it because you don't bounce back as quick as you used to. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's getting to the point where it's starting to affect your health and your, your mental well-being because, I mean, I've found myself at work and it's like I'm getting off at four. I'm going right across the street and I'm picking up my fucking case and I don't have to be back at work for two days. And if they go, we need you to work till eight, between four and eight, ah, man, everybody's a motherfucker. I hate everybody because you, you're cutting into my drinking time. That's insane, man. That's not a way to fucking live your life. I mean, the biggest problem I'm going to have is finding fun doing stuff without using alcohol as an enhancement because I started off, okay, let's say playing video games. Okay, I'd play a video game. Well, you know what would be better? If I had a buzz when I played it. And it was. And then it was, okay, now it would be better is if... Then it got to the point where I didn't want to play the video game unless I was drinking. Then it got to the point where I'd start drinking and I'd go fuck playing that video game. And I would literally sit in front of a computer and watch eight hours worth of movies and just do nothing but just tip them back the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like, I was doing nothing. I was just existing in front of a fucking screen for eight hours to drink. And it's that's, that's nutty, man. That's not fucking right. And also, at least for me, I don't want to live that way. I mean, like we said when we were talking, then well, you like won't di- for very long. If well, yeah, yeah, you know, right? Um, but we were talking, and they were like, you know, well, you know, there's there's groups that uh, you know they go and they they're sober groups and they go do things like tubing, and I'm like, whoa, time out. You talking about hopping in a tube and floating down a river for four hours? Yeah, without that's, beer. That that is made. That's yeah. like coffee and cigarettes. Peanut butter and chocolate, blowjobs and 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 swallowing. They and a ham sandwich, tubing yes. and beer. Yeah, I'm like, why you the gotta fuck? You got to bring an you... extra tube for the cooler. 
I'm like, why would you do that sober? And they're like, a lot of people do it sober. They drink two beers in those four hours. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I mean, I could, but I would be pissed off and I'd be a miserable right. fuck though. Richard had the little dinghy tube that has a cooler on it. Right. It's like if, your, girl, it's like yeah, if your girlfriend asked you to go camping, but no sex. What? Mm, exactly. That's bullshit. And that's when I was like, wow, I really do have to change my mindset about things. I have to learn <laughs> to enjoy doing things fucking sober. Yeah. You know, at least without alcohol. I mean, I, I'll be honest and, you know, I'll, I'll fucking say this to anyone who asks me, you know, anyone who knows me in the, in, in the world outside of this podcast, um, who, God forbid, because I did tell a few people who work for uh, the place I was at, the, the name of the podcast and where to find it. Um, and I do, I am still in contact with a lot of staff members. I'll tell them, I'll say, yeah, we did a, you know, did you do a podcast about it? You're goddamn right I did, because it's me, and I'm not going to fucking not talk about it. But I don't know, maybe one day I will fucking be like, yo, hey, pass that indica. But right now, no, it's not a good idea for me. Right now, I just need to get my head clear and figure out my plan of attack about how I'm going to go about living my life without thinking, where's my next fucking drink coming from? And that's fucked up that I even think like that. It pisses me, like, it, it, guys, you don't understand, it pisses me off. Like, it really does. And I'm like, God, the one thing that I t we all talked about, because one of the little uh, cognitive behavior therapy things we did was, what have you lost due to your addiction? And everyone's, you know, oh, I blew this relationship. And I did. I did. I chased my ex-wife away with my addiction. I really did. And ironically, she was the most supportive out of everybody who I was in contact with through my time in rehab. She even picked me up from rehab Sunday morning. You know, I mean, she was dropping stuff off, you know, uh, uh, st you know, cigarettes or, you know, uh, if I needed something, she, you know, she'd make the trip to go do it. Every time I called that she could, she answered the phone. If I left a message because you can't receive calls there, you can only make outgoing calls. But it, next time I called her, she'd, she'd pick up the, you know, the phone. And I said, you know, I, I looked at I looked at Tim and I said, that's got to tell you something. I'm not that big of an asshole. And he goes, Rich, I'm going to tell you something. You're not that big of an asshole. You think you are. And that's probably one of your problems because you really are a good guy. If you offend someone someone in the in the heat of the moment you don't give a fuck but five minutes later you're coming back and you're apologizing i'm like yeah i kind of do do that he's like you know how I, he was, I never heard my father say i love you let alone say i'm sorry for anything in his entire life like and that's not a weakness to to, to apologize when you feel you're wrong that's that that's called man in the fuck up and i'm like well i never really thought of it that way flies in the face of everything i've been taught about being a man and I mean, there's all that underlying shit, you know, that, that goes with this that is like boring because it's getting lost in the inner workings of myself and no one wants to hear that. It's like hearing about someone's fantasy football team. You don't give a shit. You <laughs> no, know? Like, like, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have time for that conversation. Yeah, I know, I know, but, <laughs> but, I mean, but that is part of it. And I mean, and, and I, you know, I'm going to give you a uh, one-time blanket apology from here on out because this is a lifestyle change. From time to time in the podcast, this might come up. I mean, I won't dwell on it as best I can, but I mean, you know, something about, you know, me being sober might come up and I'm not, I'm not trying to pimp that on you guys. If I'm you ever than, feel that way, call yeah. me on it. It's part of the process, no, 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 man. I, I, yeah. I want to hear about your progress. You know, um, and I'm definitely not trying to pimp it on anyone who listens. Look, uh, as I've said before, only the person looking at, back at you in the mirror can decide if you have a problem with anything. I'm not going to tell you you got a problem. I mean, honestly, if you're sitting there and you're laying in a, in, a, in a ditch and you got piss on the front of your pants and shit in the back of your pants and you don't remember why you're on an off-ramp of 94, the last thing you remember is walking in the slow lane, pissing people off by flipping them off and telling them to go fuck themselves. First of all, congratulations for having a smartphone. But continue. <laughs> but yeah, um, if that's the case, uh, yeah, you might want to take a look in, in the mirror and, and, and do some serious thinking. But it's not my job to fucking get you clean. It's not my job to fucking tell you you got a problem. It's I not. Tough love.
it, no, it's not tough love. It's like, look, you know, if you don't want if you don't want help, fine, I won't help you with that. I'll, I'm still your boy. I'm still in your corner. I still have your back. But you know, when you're like, hey, I'm gonna go fucking stick this needle in my arm. All right, well, I'm gonna go home and play a video game and, and jerk off, go to bed. You have a fun time. I'll have a fun time with what I'm doing later. You know, it's just. It's no different than, you know, I have friends that I don't agree with the, their political views. Well, we've come to an agreement. This is something we're never going to, we've come to an agreement to be agreeably disagreeable. It's something we're never going to agree on, so we don't even bother talking about it. Every once in a while, one of us will ejaculate some opinion that pisses the other person off, and they, we bite our tongue out of our friendship. That's about it. So, I mean, that's just, that's that's how I look at it. I mean, I, Like Mark anyways, Renton, though, sir, you chose life. To be clear... <laughs> Yes. But you really did, man. Like you, 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 you decided like. Uh, he looked at the facts. I don't want to check out before I'm supposed to. And he like had said, two paths. Yeah. You, you want to be on that lion, sir, going off the cliff. Yeah, and on I mean, fire no. with two and, strippers. I mean, <laughs> just, just to be honest with you, you know, have you guys, or just to ask a question, a genuine question, have you guys ever heard me sound like this about any of this shit? No. Preachy? No. Or no. I sound freaky. Oh shit! No, no, I mean, no! I'm asking because I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I mean, you know, have I ever been as? Have you ever heard me sound as open-minded about necessarily the twelve steps or? Oh, that uh, type as of negative stuff? as you were about them, this is the most uh, accepting I've heard you of any concept of the twelve steps. So I mean, like I said, yeah. I, even a, and don't get me wrong, I I still have my 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 issues, but hey, it helps a lot of people. Good for them, and you know, people cherry pick from that big book of Jewish fairy tales what they what they're going to follow and what they're not going to follow all right. the time, and they seem to get along in life. You know, maybe I can cherry pick from a bunch of different. Life is about programs. cherry picking. I don't know why it's got such a negative connotation. Picking cherries is great. Well, I mean, that's that's also so strawberries. As you guys, have you said, should pick all the fruit that you can from this. <laughs> world as you guys have said you know you're not you're not you know addicts you don't and most addicts have an all or nothing black or white very rigid way of looking at the world and the thing i'm trying to do and i i explain to people is like okay yes that's how we that's how we view things that's our problem that's our personality flaw i don't consider myself free of vice or dependence but no i don't consider myself an addict yeah exactly i don't see negative consequences but at the same time like i think that you guys it comes a lot more natural for you than it does for me and a lot of other people I know who are alcoholics or addicts and they have that mindset because you guys see the gray area a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I have to acknowledge the gray area is there and then go wallow in it and try to figure out where I fit in there because I'm like, no, it should be this way or this way. And it's real, you know, that's kind of a fascist way to be about shit. And that's not a good way to be about stuff. So Yeah, but it, it, it also sounds to me like your experience in rehab, it, it reminds me of, it, it seems like we treat rehab like we treat our education system. Underfunded and a cookie cutter system that's supposed to just, uh, hopefully it catches most people. Yeah, yeah, I can totally agree with that. That's, yeah, that's, that's a very good parallel to draw and you can't the And you can't be so, uh, like you said, black and white with it. There's yeah. somewhere in between where you're going to fall. Yeah, a lot of gray area in there. Need a, a more area. adaptive system to cater to these people. You're going into a rehab. There you go. <laughs> All, All right. right. So let's let's wrap this bitch up.
Yeah, thank you so much, Rich. Yeah, thanks for sharing, man. It's it, it, it took guts, man. <laughs> I I feel like I just went through an hour and a half meeting where only I talked. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> well, no, well, I, just, it's, it's, I just wanted to feed you enough questions to keep you going. I wanted to hear the whole story. Well, it took balls, man. That's pretty personal shit. So I think. So. Yeah. Well, it's never. It's, it's not like I've ever really fucking bit my tongue about anything in my personal life, you know. Before, I mean, I, I'm pretty much an open book, and I always have been. Maybe that's a maybe that's a problem, but so far I'm. I'm doing pretty well with it, so. We're really glad to have you back. Yes. And definitely we want to hear more about your progress. All right. Hey, man, I'm I'm, I'm back unless in, in uh, whatever deity that exists out there decides, you know, kill his ass. He said Fuck enough fucking shit. Hey, like the He'll Jews. will be back next week. Like the Jews, <laughs> we kept the chair open for you like they do for Elijah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, uh, I guess we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank yep. you. Yep. Later. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening Christopher Media let's make some noise thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net